Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets, impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Podcast, and I am so excited to have Brad St. On John here, and uh, we're going to have an interesting discussion. This is going to be um, one that's a little different, and I'm really excited about it. And you guys are going to love it too. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going very well. Going very well. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Yeah, now. yeah. It's, it's been like two time weeks. flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time flies. How was your your BYU trip? Or no, your was it Boise? Or was it BYU? Boise State. Yeah, Boise State. Yeah. So, but thank you for bringing up BYU because we just played yeah. BYU and. And and we we smashed them. So that was, was that great. the game you you were at? No, the game I was at, we lost. But we don't want to talk about that. So no, we'll, we'll, right, we'll yeah, just yeah. yeah, we'll focus on our 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 winning BYU. <laughs> so oh, but yeah, no, it was great. And then after that, I was in uh, New Orleans. So I, I was at the bigger pockets thing. So it has yeah, been a that, crazy two weeks. That that looked pretty crazy. I think next year I'm going to do that as well. Or, or if you plan on, I'm not sure the timing of yours. If you're doing yours, yours annually again, your self storage conference, which was yes. awesome by the way, it was it was uh, educational but great networking, just, just fantastic. Yeah. But I saw all I started seeing popping up everything from self storage, and then uh, started seeing like BP Con stuff on LinkedIn and, and Instagram. I was like, wow, I, I should I should have gone back to back. Uh, so I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt. I go, yeah, I'm going to separate them out a little. Um, because, uh, uh, that was a lot for a two week. I mean, it was, I got to think here. It was me, Brandon Turner. I think it was Leica and Ashley, Ashley care. And we, we all went, it was like 10 straight days of conferences. And I was like, this is too much. (laughs) So I like work was stacking up and everything else. Um, but it, it was good. It was you know, great speaking opportunities and meeting people, everything. So it's, it was good, but it was just a lot for, you know, two straight weeks. <laughs> yeah, I was I was in Dallas the week before. And there was a lending conference, but a lot of like multifamily based. And that, that was kind of my reason for not going to BP. But I, I should have just sucked it up and went to uh, BP. Because like I said, it looked, looked amazing. So, yeah. And I was thinking ahead next year. Because uh, definitely, I'm not sure if you're doing it in quarter lane again, but the conference oh, yeah. was fantastic. So anyone who's decided not to go, book your tickets early. But um, yes. it was well, well worth it. And then that part of the country, you're just you're doing yourself a favor uh, going there because uh, it's just phenomenal. So yeah, it was it, it was it out it really outperformed my expectations. So the crowd was right, you know, everything was right, which which was really good. We um definitely doing it again next year. And we'll do it um, probably – we're spreading it out from BP, though. We'll, we'll do it like a two weeks earlier to, to give me a break. Um, so And hopefully uh, BPCon's not, not in New Orleans. I, it was – you know, it was fun. The food was great uh, and everything, but I think it was a little harder to have a show there. So there was a lot of restrictions. And I know it was my first time ever there. And the, the city, the culture, incredible. The food was like – nuts which is another problem because i i ate so much i i I think i gained 10 pounds but um the (laughs) but the streets were really dirty i was shocked on how dirty it was there uh, i'm you know what i i i think the same thing i don't like talking bad about a city so no no uh, not at all it was amazing it's 
yeah, it, it's it's impressive how quick they cleaned up after probably the hurricane. Yeah. Um, but it's still like that. It seems like when I go there, it's like that too. The food's phenomenal. Oh, geez. The nightlife's phenomenal. Yes. Uh, streets just seem a little dirty. Um, but great. You know, I, I always like going there and it's kind of like Vegas. I always like going there and I really enjoy leaving. Um, yes. I'm sure you probably felt the same way. 100%. Uh, yeah. Well, it, yeah. and it's funny too because uh, I still have paralysis in my lower legs. And so I actually got an uh, infection when I was down in <laughs> Orleans because my I, I can't oh, walk man. quite right. And so it like my bones like smashed together and everything. So I got an infection, which happens uh, to me at least once a year or whatnot. And I was like, of course, this is the city that this would happen in. Uh, but- <laughs> Well, you were you were walking around really well. Is it just come does it come and go or um... Yeah. No, it um so I I compensate pretty good with throwing my legs around and everything, but the because the feet don't hit the ground right. Um yeah. so I'm uh like parts of the feet are paralyzed, so it will actually I'm smashing the feet as I walk. Um so like drop so, foot or something kind of like that. Yeah, I've like <laughs> drop fit foot and my um ankles don't have the support. So like I can like hiking can be difficult. Like so if I hike, I need to put on oh, like leg braces, things like that. So oh, wow. Like, yeah. So when I when I'm in the cities, like if if it's dirty and not clean because I'm walking around on the streets and everything, my feet are very my lower legs are very vulnerable to infections because they don't have normal blood flow or muscle activity. So it's it can't really take care of themselves very well. So I should have known and expected that, but uh yeah. So other than that, though, it was, it was crazy. It was uh, it yeah. was packed. Right. Like BP con. It was packed, which I was shocked by, too. Um, it was, you know, with the vaccine cards that you needed to have and all the restrictions. I was wondering, I was like, I wonder how many people are really going to show up to this. Right. Um, yeah. And they had a they had a pretty good turnout. I was I was shocked at how how well attended it was. So that was great. Um, it was great. You know, BP puts on good stuff. BP, BP's, you know, they're amazing. And they put on an excellent, excellent conference. Um, and uh, once again, now I, I'm glad to be home because I, I got to start working out and everything because the food was just incredible. I was like, <laughs> I can't live uh, here. So I was like, I can't live here because I would just eat oh, nonstop. Yeah. I would like, yeah, it would always so, be carb loading. <laughs> it, it's so good. I've got some, and you had them on a, a, a podcast before but one of my buddies drew pearson um is just outside of uh just outside of new orleans he's in covington um but he's a he's a shreveport boy and he went to lsu um so i had a chance to go down to new orleans with him and just he's just telling me where like all right let's go eat here let's go eat here it's i'm just like i mean you get you get down you're like i mean we would we would eat early we'd eat like 330 so yeah. you can eat again at 7 exactly you know and oh, like, i don't need any of this like my 330 meal could have lasted until probably 330 the next day but yeah. there i am stuff in my face like four hours later somewhere else and then like, you wake up and you go to the brunch yeah. place and you go get the you know and it's like wow i've done nothing but eat and not that i was complaining because the food was so amazing but not yeah. a sustainable thing for me <laughs> no yeah yeah i don't know how people live there but good kudos to them no kidding good regiments yeah now you know I want talk to talk to everybody. Tell a little bit about um, you. You have a company. It's called Invest Next, um, which we use. Um, why don't you tell people a little bit about your your background in this interesting world, which I'm interested in. You know, real estate technology, 
and different things like that because I own a, a technology company, which is a property management system uh, out of Newport. But this is such an interesting world. Um, and it's for real estate investors, it's outrageously important. So why don't you give us a little background and how you got into the stuff? Yeah, um, that, that's interesting. To, um, uh, your technology, we'll have to talk online about that too, because we're trying to like do some partnerships with that. But anyway, um, so I was, you know, fresh out of college, went to central Michigan and, you know, started getting into wholesale lending. So I was like right out, right out of the gate. I was into like, um, uh, you know, real estate. Inadvertently, didn't know anything about it. Didn't want to get into it. Didn't know what a mortgage was. And there was selling like uh, <laughs> mortgages to uh, to mom and pop shops. Worked for a wholesale lender. Landed me out in Vegas. Uh, was awesome. Uh, was there a handful of years. And 0809 came. Lost my job. Uh, got into commercial lending because uh, we started doing a little bit of mixed use where I was. Did that for you know another year, and everyone was just kind of keeping their head above water. And they were just it, it, all these companies were going under. So. That company went under. I had to regroup. I, I don't know, it was like an early midlife crisis or something. I went back to college, tried to be a pilot, ran out of money. Um, that was interesting, though. I had a couple uh, solo flights, which was pretty cool. So I was hoping I would have got. I was uh, maybe I come back out. We'll have to get on your um, your your plane because it looked amazing. But um, <laughs> but anyway, different story. So about five and a half years ago, I started. I had the opportunity to start working for um, a syndicator in the Michigan area. So we started. You know, we were at that time using spreadsheets to manage everything. And you have, we had 150 to 175 investors and we wanted to scale that. So the number we wanted was 400. And it was like, how do we do that? Um, and we started experiencing, uh, or we, we had, um, we picked off an, an office space. So big, you know, office building. And we had a party there before we actually built it all out. So it was all cement. We had an, we had an amazing party. Our investors came, we started talking to them. Um, and some of the feedback cr crazy was just, I want to refer people, but there's nothing kind of to refer them to. It's just me saying, Hey, I've, I've gotten, you know, my craft return and then plus some on all these deals. There's nothing really for them to like physically see or like pass out. Um, so we started thinking like, how, all right, how can we showcase this? Cause at this point, if someone wanted to show how much money they've been paid or their portfolio, we'd have to create a, a Microsoft word document, send it to them and take me all day to do that. Um, versus them being able, being able to refer a friend and say, hey, you know, I, I've been working with this company. I've been working with Cedar Creek. Um, check out their portal. Here's their portal. You can look at some of the deals they have and it's all right in front of your face versus here's an email we had. And then I invested in this two years ago and I get my money, you know, every once in a while. And you'll see that on my, you know, if you if I already give you access to my, my bank statements, but um, it didn't really show you, couldn't show you metrics, couldn't show you like past performance and all that stuff. And not many people wanted to put that on their website. We didn't want to do that either. It was just for like investors. So, um, so we started thinking, all right, how, you know, how can we start, you know, creating more professionalism and then transparency from us to the investors first, and how can we eliminate questions, which is once you start scaling this thing, which I think is the goal is everyone wants to scale it is how can we just have investors drive and answer these own, their own questions. So like one of the questions we'd always get is um, crazy enough is like, how, how much distributions have you paid me over the, you know, this, this fund that you have. Um, and then we can now direct them to the portal and they can log in and see all that and they can see it. It all, all lives there. So we had had an issue of, all right, you know, transparency, how can we solve that? And then we started looking at different portals. Um, and then how can we get more referrals and trust with our investor base? And, and that uh, we took that feedback and then started looking at different opportunities, you know, different, different platforms out there found that's when I found invest next and uh, there were a startup company still technically a startup company, but then, you know, we started working with them. I worked with them 
uh, to help grow our business, then eventually had the opportunity to jump ship. So I've been with them for a couple of years now and um, just helping the company grow and, you know, expand and then take feedback from, from uh, partners such as yourself or like open door. But like, I mean, speaking with Kaylee, so it was good to meet Kaylee when I was there. She does a phenomenal job, um, but her, she dives into the portal. So we take her feedback very, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of, you know, all right, she's into it. So how can we, you know, make her day better because she's a power user of it and she gives us a ton of feedback and then we're like, all right, it's awesome. And how can we adapt this and edit it? So, so that's kind of where we are now is, um, you know, helping groups like yourself scale, uh, create professionalism and transparency too. You know, it, and it's so interesting because, um, this can be a real big pain point for people, right? I, I know it was for us when we were talking about our needs, how we work with investors, how we raise capital, how we manage it. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. And two, there's a lot of concern about how our documents are being executed, how our um, splits are happening. And for a lot of people that are new in real estate, um, not, not even new. I mean, take us, for example, we, we weren't new at all in real estate, right? I, I, I when Before we started raising capital, um, we'd been in real estate for 15 years and we had a huge portfolio. But taking on capital, this was something new to us. And um, we had a lot of questions and weren't really sure how to execute this, how to manage it, how to display it and everything. And so when we're looking and trying to figure this out and trying to find help, obviously technology is a backbone of this because it needs to be done efficiently, right? It needs to be done um, within the guidelines, within the laws. It needs to be done with all of these things. This is actually how you know we ended up com coming to know you guys and how you guys work. It, it actually, I'm trying to think. It was, let me think here. It was, I think, was it Ashley that told me about you guys? Um, it may have been. It was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to see Ashley in a couple of weeks here. I'm yeah, it, it was Ashley so. Wilson. That's right. Yeah. Ashley Wilson told me, hey, you know, you guys need to, you need to check these guys out, um, which we did. Then Brandon Turner, everybody started uh, ending up using, uh, using you guys and working with you. And it's, for us, it's been... Uh, huge, obviously saving. One of the biggest things that we have, and we could talk on this problem that we ended up having was um, the accounting side of taking capital, right? This is a big worry for a lot of real estate investors. Like, how do I take capital and how do I give distributions and how is that reporting going to work? Um, first of all, taking people's checks and monies, putting it into bank accounts, putting it into deals, tracking the overall returns and distributions, right? That is a daunting task because of um, not just the work associated with it, but the legalities, right? And the worry of it. And for us, when we started working with you guys, this was huge. Like my CFO is like, this is amazing because we, we could take on that capital, right? We could do the distributions and it gave our investors a portal to where they could go in. They could see their return, how much they were making. Um, and it, it was executed based upon the PPM. So we didn't have to, it wasn't manly, they, uh, manual. They put their information in right? And uh, their banking information, everything, and send it. So it felt like we were stepping away from a big part of it and automating it that was a big concern to us. 
And uh, I, I'm sure you find that with a lot of people. Like, uh, it, or maybe it is just us, but that whole transaction part um, was nerve wracking for us. Yeah, no, there's there's different, and it's you know every GP is always say it's like they're like snowflakes where everyone's different or every syndicator is different, but there's different there's different points of like all right, this may be a pain point, so how can we try to solve that? And as we bring on experienced syndicators, they really focus on that aspect because they've been doing it for so long that you know if you're raising $5 million and you get that in two days, reconciling that and trying to figure out which which of those funds belong to which investor can be a nightmare. Because I could send, I could sign up as an individual and then I can send you my money as an LLC. And you're like, what is this LLC? Like whose funds are these for? And then you try to go back and, and reconcile. And then you're going back to, you're, you're waiting for it all to pan out. And then you're like, all right, this, this is a sign to this person. Um, but then another thing you touched on is, and I see this all the time, is, is the elimination of Excel. That was it's kind of one of our things. How can we get rid of Excel? Um, and we do that with our distribution plants, our waterfall. I always tell people, you know, keep the first few and you know, run your Excel versus us. Um, and then once you're comfortable, just continue to use us. But I'll, I'll see so many Excel issues where people can put themselves in danger for like litigation because they may have put a wrong formula in there and now they're kicking it out. And yes. you, I don't think you guys have IRR hurdles, but we'll see that a lot with IRR hurdles where they're calculating it with the LP and the GP. Um, the GP's been paid some and now the IRR is, is getting there a lot quicker, but the GP portion should not be part of that IRR. It should be based off just the LPs. Um, so I usually have to dissect if, if there's any inconsistencies or inaccuracies, I have to send a sheet, then we kind of go through it. Like, all right, this is where you could have been in trouble. Um, but if we set it up correctly in the portal, we have so many different hurdles and we don't have, a, we, you know, our, yeah. our development seems amazing. We'll create one. Um, but how can we stop, you know, how can we stop you from creating a, a problem? Because whatever you put in Excel, Excel is going to tell you what, what you told it to tell you. And a lot of times there's inaccuracies there. So cleaning that up. Um, you spoke about SEC regulations and signing the right documents. I mean, um, and this is once again for ex existing capital raises versus new capital raisers. They're not used to these forms and, you know, they're not used to the old school of sending it out in Excel, having the, or sending it out an email, having the investors send it back and they may sign everything or they may sign nothing and just yeah. sign a couple things and send it. And then you got to, you know, they give you 200 grand and you got to go back and say, you know what, you, you know, page seven, you completely wiped over page eight, you wiped over, need to initial this. Um, so just getting it right the first time and, and not having to worry about SEC. So you, it, it, we allow you to create templates of all this. You send it out, it forces them to fill out certain sections based off of how they're investing. So if it's an LLC or if it's a, an individual, they'll be routed to the correct paperwork. And then, you know, all right, as long as you've set those templates up correctly with, you know, experience like your team is, it's, you know, it's not an issue. Um, but then your CYA. So at least that aspect of it is, all right, we're, we're good here. You know, all these documents are signed correctly and, um, like in, uh, the capital's coming in. So going back to the capital. So we, we found an issue too, where you're now reconciling these funds at the bank. So, you know, Kaylee or your CFO would have to go to the bank, come back, reconcile this. Like, how can we fix this? So six months ago, we started accepting funds and I think you guys are using yes. this as well. So, yes. so they can start to just send the funds right there. The mm -hmm. system will track all that. You're no longer going back tracking it. Um, and this is for a majority of banks. We use a, a service that has 150 plus banks, but it may not have small credit unions, but it's, but anyway, um, let's get into the weeds. Um, but it'll track all that stuff. It'll notify you, hey, Brad St. on sent his funds on October 11th. And then if they get there on Friday, it'll it'll 
hit that and be like, all right, Brad's funds are here on the 15th. And now if I'm getting a profit start, I started creating that prep that day. Um, so you have to go back and track all that stuff. So just, just keeps everything honest. You can always edit it if you have different dates, but it's, um, it's just a few things that we found like, all right, these are kind of pain points that we see for existing. And it's interesting that you talked about that. Cause those are, those are a lot of things that you've done. Um, but we see, I, I go to a lot of training programs or educational programs. I try to get out to all these different conferences. And, and one of the things I see a lot is um, how do you find the deal? How do you get lending for the deal? You know, how do you do direct mail for the deal? How do you, everything revolves around get, getting the deal. I don't see a lot of training of now we've got the deal. How do you raise capital? How do you manage those investors? How do you do everything? So it's like to a certain point for a lot of these training programs, it's up to, we got the deal. Now, what do you do with it? Um, so that's where I think this, this comes in, in handy is that, all right, we, we now have a software that'll help you manage that stuff after the fact. Um, we try to partner with whoever we can. We're always like, Hey, if you want us to show people like this is what they can do, they can build out a, a you know pretty little deal room and send it out to their friends and, you know, have, have everything, you know, have the investor drive the entire experience where you're just kind of monitoring it and then just making sure it all, it all goes, goes smoothly. But, um, so that's, that's. Kind of Wait, something I've noticed over the last month. Yeah. yeah, which that's that was important for us because when we looked at it, like we're we need to do real estate. And everything you just talked about, when we're talking about general partners in relationship to the limited partners, the GP, the LP, the documents that need to be signed, how to track funds, how to manage it, when there the risk for us of doing it on our own, it, it was all of a sudden we had to play all and have all these hats on that we didn't want to or weren't comfortable with. We're not SEC attorneys. We don't know everything that needs to be done. Um, we're once, you, once again, like you said, if you're managing however many investors and their money and their capital, the amount of risk that was on that for us was just scary. And all of a sudden it was this whole new world of things that we don't do and we didn't want, I don't want to do. Right. I don't want to do any of those things. I want to do real estate and I want to find deals. Investors are simply there to come on board with me on a great deal. I don't want creating an opportunity for others and including myself to all of a sudden be a huge, scary, dangerous thing for my company. We want to do this. We want the opportunity to, but taking it on was overwhelming. And I think that those, all those pain points for most investors, most real estate people, the ones that are actually doing it, which end up being the general partners, um, this, it's like a bridge that allows us to get access to that capital, right? Where the, this gap, this chasm in between us and the investors were all these different things. It was all of the management. It was the capital reporting. It was the documents. It was the communications, the showroom. It was all that kind of stuff, which just makes everybody pause at the edge of it and say, I don't want to cross this river to get to the other side because there's so much danger within it. And you guys just, for us, it just became a bridge over it to it that allowed us to have access to capital in a way that we weren't willing to do on our own or couldn't do on our own, you know, at that time, um, which is still, still true today. And that's a big deal for us. Um, and a lot of investors, I think this is a problem that they all have is how to access those investors. Um, they know, oh, I could start emailing. I could start talking about the deal, but the management side of it can be overwhelming. 
And I think this is one of the things that leads me, like in today's age, new real estate investors have more opportunity than ever before to find deals, to analyze deals, to work with others, to take on capital because technology has broken down so many barriers and your technology is one of them. I appreciate that. And that's what, um, I mean, ultimately trying to make it easier for the investors, the, the main, the main thing. Um, and if you, if you, you know, if you, if you dive in and get everything figured out in the system, you can do that. Um, even if you kind of just use the portions of it, of it, you can do yeah. it as well. But, uh, I, I think ultimately you're, you're dealing with, you know, accredited investors, high net worth people, yes. ultra high net worth people. They don't want to deal with this stuff. They don't want to do no. any of that stuff. So you can make it as seamless as possible. They can log in, you know, do a couple clicks and then send their money right there. I yeah. mean, that's phenomenal because you may get 20 minutes of their time because they're yeah. most likely they're probably, I mean, everyone's busy, but, I mean, you're probably dealing with doctors, you're dealing with CEOs, you're dealing with some, yeah. I don't want to do this. Like I'll, if I can't knock it out in, in 20 minutes, I've got another deal I can probably go get to. Yep. So it's, it's how quick can you get to those funds after they, they see it? And, you know, yeah. is it, is there a bunch of hurdles you're, you're hopping over? If, if so, they may just move on. And, year, and it so. has to be clear. It has to be presented in a way for those investors that they understand and they understand. I don't want to say gamification, but it needs to be simplified. Right. So here's the portal. I can go in. I can see the deal. I can click there if I want it. I can link up my bank account. I can send funds. Right. You, like you said, you're getting rid of just touch points and processes, email communication, all that kind of stuff. You, 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 you're really creating a pathway directly to you that, that's fast. And that's important because, like you said, right now in today's age, there's a lot of competition for investors. There's a lot. Um, and investors have a lot of options and technology has made their options simpler. Um, and it's created access for them. So if you're not allowing that same access, you're going to be missing a portion of the investor base that, you know, they're not going to want to do it. They're not going to view it It, too. And I think for, for me, it also is a presentation to your company, right? It's like, are we doing this by email? I need your bank accounts, funds, like, when you're dealing with professional people, they, they can tell when something, when a company is not being ran well, they know, okay, you have problems in this process, which makes me concerned about your ability to execute on other things. And that's not the presentation you want to give to investors, <laughs> right? It needs right. to look good. It needs to be presented well, your deals, and it needs to be seamless for them um, to make sure that their concerns are mitigated. And uh, uh, this is a big part of it. It shows the investor that you have your stuff together and they look for that. That's important. Yeah. And I think that comes down to the professionalism. So not only, not only are our, our platforms, you know, like ours or whoever's doing it um, good for the GPs, but they're probably more beneficial for the investor just to be able to see that, all that, that, that data, just to see it versus like us old school where we were, I mean, they, we'd have to send them a Word document with a statement, and it was just like, I don't know, did I miss some distributions? Did I miss how much they've invested with us? They have nine different entities they're investing through. Did I get all those? And it's just like, here you go, here's here it is. Versus just knowing that it's all accurate, and you know, they can just drive all that. And then um, I, I used to I used to like questions too uh, when I was ran an investor relations department, but at some point you need to get onto your day. And if you can eliminate those, I think, I think that's very helpful, but um, 
to an extent, questions are good, especially capital raising part. But after the fact, it's, it's if they have questions about you know how your deal structured, how that is. Um, um, hopefully, the portal can eliminate those up front to where you don't have those down the road, especially if you're doing something different. Because I think you guys do development and and existing, right? Yes. So, you're, so you have you have an existing where you're doing a value add play or whatever. So you have all these who are probably going to get cash flow right away. Um, and then now maybe one of those cash flow uh, immediate fund uh, investors gets into a development deal. And if they're not reading all the information and you're not presenting all the information, we're like, hey, you're, you you're may not get money this first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It's going to be 18 to 20 months down the road. Um, then they'll be like, hey, hey, what's up? Like, this is this is second quarter. Where's my funds? And, you know, so hopefully hopefully you've presented it well. And that's kind of what the deal, the deal room we have is like, hopefully you can knock out questions and at least get them better educated. You can throw all the data in there, your pro formas, whatever, whatever you want to showcase or highlight, they can read through it all. And, um, and then hopefully the questions are more intelligent versus just, you know, basic questions. But hopefully it eliminates questions, but at the same time gives the investors enough information where they're, you know, they're comfortable enough where they have, all of the, you know, all their eyes dotted and T's crossed to where they're, they're, you know, they know everything about the deal that, that you presented or that they need to know in order to intelligently invest. So um, that's another aspect too, that I think is good for investors with, with stuff like this. So, yeah. Now, you know, it's interesting because tools like yours and others have allowed investors to have more options. Do you see this moving forward even more? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm interested if we do, I don't know if we go crypto at some point, you know, I, I don't know. I could, I could kind of see some different stuff. So um, 501A too, with, with some of the, you know, smaller deals or, or, I mean, there's some stuff we have in our minds of, right. If someone, could we create a secondary market with this maybe where an investor invests and then he can sell his shares off to the secondary market. Then how does that look when, when you're managing the property, does all that, their banking details come back? Um, does it create, especially for, uh, like longer value add plays where you're keeping it seven to five, seven to 10 years or whatever. Um, does it create a secondary market for that? Where those, you know, so it, it creates like a illiquid, um, investment, maybe makes it liquid for some people and they can sell it based off of whatever. And, you know, it comes back to you, but, um, so there's a bunch of interesting options. I think this could go, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of in its infancy because that jobs act. 2012 or whatever. I mean, that's not terribly long ago. It's, it seems like 10 years ago is a long time ago, but it was yeah. just 2020 and now we're in 2022. I don't know what happened the last two years, but, um, I think that's going to be an interesting way to go. Um, I think there's going to be, um, more data. I mean, just more data flowing through us. Um, we're trying to link up with like maybe software is kind of like what you have to where we can pull some intelligently pull that the data and then have the portal, uh, display it to investors, especially like your leasing software. So yes. they could say, um, all right, you have, uh, you know, a hundred units at one place and it could maybe, maybe we API with your technology pulls in so they could see it real time, real life. Um, all right, this is hundred percent occupied or this is 98% occupied yeah. and they can see the rest or something. So we're trying to, you know, hopefully, figure something out with that aspect. There's always, it's always, it's always changing. I mean, the co you, you, you kind of understand because the co-sponsor thing is always changing too. So yes. we're trying to um, develop it perfect. For, I mean, you guys are a great use case for it because you work with a couple of different um, amazing partners that, all right, how can we make this better and how can we make this best? Um, and you guys are like a, a case where we're like specifically developing some of the stuff where we know if it works for you, will most likely work for everyone else. Um, but, everyone's difference. We may have to tweak some of that stuff. So there's a lot of things that in the background we're kind of thinking about, but I mean, this, 
to, to think we're co- even co- like something co-sponsors a couple years ago uh, to where it is now. And it's like, all right, it helps, it helps these new syndicators get up and helps them pair, but it also helps you get with big, with different groups, get bigger projects, do bigger projects, um, get more access to capital. And that's, uh, and I don't think that's going away. So that's going to be an interesting um, thing that we need to, we need to perfect. And we're kind of like trying to get that perfected right now too. So. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, we're in an age where a lot of these previous barriers of en- en- uh, entry and a lot of these um, large institutions and capital things, you know, it's, it's getting easier for smaller guys to compete and we're, I think a lot of the institutions and the former systems are losing their hold on what was previously thought to be almost like a given right. Like you have to utilize this infrastructure to deploy capital. You have to, in order to get investors, you have to go through these big funds. You have to do things like that. Um, I think we're seeing kind of a revolution in the last 10 years where, you know, it, it's those abilities and those tools that the big guys had are now coming down to more mid-size and smaller players, which is giving them access and ability that used to be more, um, you know, held up with only the big institutions. And I think that's a great thing. I think it creates competition in the market for capital. It gives choices and access um, to investors, which is all good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I mean, we're, we were like Blackstone, you know, where you couldn't, you couldn't get into these before 2012. It's, it's, it's amazing. And it seems like it took five years or something before people actually realized like, Hey, I could probably start doing this and raising capital and, you know, yes. quitting my day job and just, you know, getting more time with my family or getting more time to travel or whatever you like to do in your free time. Um, and I could still make some great, amazing passive income, uh, uh, for my investors, which, which they can hopefully maybe quit their jobs earlier than, cause it used to be, I think I saw something on LinkedIn. I did see it on LinkedIn. I can't remember who it was, but it was just like, um, it used to be, you'd go talk, maybe it was, um, Savannah, the, the net worth nurse. I don't know if you've uh, met Savannah at all. She's pretty cool. But, um, so she put something about, uh, I mean, it used to be that you would go to a financial advisor and they'd tell you how to retire at the age of 68 or 65 or something. Um, and now, it's it's a whole new you know millennial generation they're like i don't want to retire at 65 i want to yeah. figure out how to retire at 35 yes. or quit my job at 35 um and they're bringing them these alternative deals and saying what do you think about this and typically they're shutting them down because if you go to one of them they get paid off of yes, whatever their funds exactly. are and they're like oh well this isn't that this is this this is this but it's like or oh, because they're, they're even licensed money. they can't even suggest anything else they can only suggest certain funds they can only suggest things like that which they never tell you uh right so it you know they're only moving you in a direction which is benefiting them yeah so i think this whole thing is changing the narrative of like all right let's let's not be our parents let's not retire at 65 you i mean you could work the rest of your life as a real estate investor and not work a day of it because you're just going around checking stuff out. And, and, and I mean, that's a lot of fun to a lot of people. I know it's fun to you and I can't imagine you like being, all right, we did, we did this at, you know, 45, let's just retire and get on. I mean, you're going to always be finding deals. Um, and I think that's where you want to be. It's like, all right, am I, am I good to live off this passive income at 35 or 45 or 50 or 50, whatever it is. Cool. 
but then keep keep moving and keep doing stuff and keep if it's the same thing keep going out and doing it and i think this this whole jobs act of 2012 with with just opening this whole industry up is is phenomenal for people to start doing that um and it's you know so it's, it's exciting to be a part of it and it's going to keep changing and it's i mean it's going to be nuts just i can't imagine like i said i can't imagine where i mean where we've changed in the last two years versus where we're going to yeah. be six months from now or i mean yes. i am mad I, I don't know if we're going to crypto or, or uh, bitcoin trading or anything but um it's we always talk and we've yeah. you know we have group sessions and it's always like all right where, where can we see this or where can we maybe do something crazy that no one's yeah. doing and let's try it see if it sticks and i don't know but it's it's an interesting time and um it's it's really cool to be a part of so. It is. That's so exciting. Well, why don't you tell people, you know, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Where can they learn uh, more about what you guys are doing? Um, obviously, um, I love it. It's helped us out a ton. That's why I have you on the podcast. I'm super interested. And the tools that you guys provide, um, I think, you know, if you're into real estate and whatnot, this is something that allowed us to change the way our company works and it allowed us to have access to a lot more so where can people go to learn more yeah we've got uh, our website investnext.com there's a little demo on there or you can request a demo um i'm on linkedin so brad st Ange on linkedin you can always hit me up there uh i just started an instagram i have one post i need to put more posts but i'm planning on putting some uh, some quarter lane posts there um <laughs> Uh, I shot at the, uh, the the green. I missed the green my first time on hole 14 there. Uh, sadly, but I did hit the second <laughs> time. But, um, nice. So I'll throw that up there. And then in, I think it's, in, yeah, it's Invest Next Software on Instagram as well, too. So we got stuff. Um, you know, you know, follow us, hit us up, you know, hit me up. Um, and if you have any questions at all, I have no problem just kind of talking about maybe giving you some pointers what I think uh, will help, too. So, um, But I appreciate you having on me show. It's awesome what you're doing for the industry. I have, uh, I work like I, I'm in a small town an hour north of Detroit, so it's yeah. in Port Huron. Um, I was at the gym a couple weeks ago, and there's a doctor there, and she was talking about buying storage places and getting into storage. And she'd seen your um, uh, your podcast. I'm like, it's such a crazy, such a crazy world. Crazy uh, world. We're all yeah, so she's connected. About, and she's thinking about getting into them, but it's like I don't want to throw all this money well listen like keep listening to us but like you don't have to buy the whole thing that's the beauty of this yes you just put a little bit down and then you know manage it and run it and uh and then get it so um so it's amazing what you're doing keep it up uh it's you know it's very educational for you i'm sure you hear it a ton but just i had just one use case at my small gym here uh where someone listens to you so it's that's awesome well, hey, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, you know what? We'll have you back on because things are going fast, and I and I love to hear what you guys are doing. So, perfect. Um, and look forward to hanging out again at, at some point here. Oh, Hopefully, it's before your conference. Absolutely, we'll find one. We'll find one. We'll get to another. One. <laughs> perfect. Right on. Thanks, man. <laughs>